Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody. To the B-Side Boys podcast with your hosts, Mr. Gray and Philly V. Hey, my name is Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly V. And we are the B-Side Boys. Welcome to episode 5. It is Tuesday, May 31st. Uh, This episode's pretty special because, Phil, we're going to do something new today. Ooh, you didn't even inform me beforehand. I'm nervous. We're time traveling today. Oh. So, today our guest is going to be Kelsey McDowell. She is the head coach of the Iowa State women's rugby team. She is also the founder and the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes high school girls select side team. She is also one of the newest members of the Iowa Hall of Fame. And she's going to be in New Orleans this weekend for the CRC. So normally we record on Sundays. But because of that, we're going to do it before she leaves for her trip. So the results of the CRC are out. We just don't know the results yet. We're going to talk about that next week. We'll go in depth to talk about how every single division was won by a team from Iowa. (laughs) Safely assume. Yeah, we're going (laughs) to assume that. You listeners right now, you already know, like, two national champions in Cedar Falls. You know, that's pretty cool. (laughs) No Uh, big deal. No big deal. You know, know, Wayne State faced Central College in the championship of the small division. You know, it's whatever. It's pretty cool. Congrats, everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll talk about that next time. And yeah, real exciting stuff though in the news of world rugby. And after we watched the D3 men's uh, club national championship, one thing we talked about uh, was the red cards that really benefited the Palm Beach Panthers. Now, those teams, I mean, they, they blew out the teams they faced. I think they were the better squad. But a red card in the first 15 minutes really helps out. And the reason we bring this up a couple weeks ago, the World Rugby Council had a meeting in Dublin, Ireland. And at that meeting, they announced that Australia would host the World Cups of Rugby in 2027 and 2029. And then they also announced that in 2031 and 2033, everyone's probably heard it by now. Phil, <laughs> what's happening? USA gets the host of the 2031 and the 2033 World Rugby Cup. And that is extremely exciting. We have nine more years to prepare I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, prepare. I'm gonna build up my PTO. I'm gonna <laughs> create a little savings account because wherever it's at, uh, where okay, that's not a bad idea actually. Like, I we should, could we I mean, could get everybody yeah. we yeah. know. We all go there. What, okay, top five cities. Where would you want it? They haven't announced where it's gonna be. Yeah, like what city? Top five cities. Where would you want to watch? I would love that happen in Chicago again. Just all those trips we've had at Soldier Field. Oh my God! Like just to do that, like. Two more times, I guess, would be phenomenal. I would be so excited. Yeah, they called it the Rugby Weekend. It was, you know, they hosted the... All Blacks. The All Blacks, and then... It's a pretty affordable trip, too. You know, I mean, at least for people in Iowa. You know, that's not a very far drive. Like, what, four and a half hours from Des Moines? 
Oh, yeah. Well, uh, close to six. Is it? Yeah, it's oh, about man. six. Maybe yeah. I drive fast. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're probably thinking from like Cedar Falls. Yeah, that's probably what it is. So, <laughs> no, those those trips. I mean, Soldier Field, great venue. I mean, I'm a Bears fan, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the parking lot. I mean, we were there in November, and I remember it being so cold. Mm. Uh, we celebrated Halloween. We're in the parking lot, enjoying some beverages. Uh, we went out to a place called Reggie's in Chicago. Uh, the nights were fun. You met people from all across the world. It was a short drive for us. I w- my number one spot would be Chicago because, again, Midwest guys would love that. I think another place that would be pretty cool would be down in New Orleans. I mean, I know the CRCs cool. is going there, but, like, I've never been. Mm. That would be cool. It's a little, little Bourbon Street action. Mm. I think it's a party down there. Rugby is a party scene. I know the East Coast really probably wants to see it either in yeah. D.C. or New York. Yep, Philly, you know, that'd be pretty cool too. I feel like one of the dead spot locations already is probably going to be L.A., Los Angeles, at the Coliseum maybe. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, they've hosted Olympics out there. They've hosted Super Bowls. Good weather. I think that's something. If you have the World Cup coming to town, mm. you want to go somewhere with good weather. Or Vegas. What's more American than Vegas? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, too. There's so much outside of Vegas. There's so much just barren oh, yeah. land. They could build, like, an entire... You know, it's like the Olympics when, like, you see, like, in, in China or Russia. Oh, they have, like, the abandoned stadiums and yeah. stuff after time. Greece, yeah. they yeah. did the same thing. Yeah, we could do that outside of Vegas. I think UNLV, Sam Boyd Stadium, I think that's in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Like, you're in Vegas, it's crazy, and then they're like... You have to drive outside the city limits, and you're like, this looks like where they bury bodies in movies. Or, like, in the movie <laughs> well, The Hangover. They probably do. <laughs> yeah, like in the movie The Hangover, or have you ever seen the movie Very Bad Things? No, I don't even know. I've oh. never even heard of it. Okay, so you have to watch this movie. It's insane. It's about these guys who go to Vegas for a bachelor party. They go to a bachelor party. They're in a hotel room. They're doing some things. They're hanging out. Uh, this lady comes into the room. A stripper, entertainer, I don't know. Whatever whatever you want to call her hobby. I don't know what she does for work. I'm not going to ask. But anyways, something happens very bad. I don't want to spoil it. This is also the start oh, of the movie. it's like the title of the movie. So something bad happens. They try to cover it up. Then something worse happens. And they try to cover that up. And then something worse happens. And just, it's insane. It just spirals out of control. And then the guy who's getting married, his wife... Or future wife is very. I think it's Cameron Diaz. Is very John Favreau's in it. Oh, okay. uh, Christian Slater's in it. It's a really fun movie, but it's an it's insane. I think it was late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, I'm gonna have to look it up when I get home. It'll remind <laughs> you of all the times you've been in Vegas. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but and then so one thing I think that went under the radar. The reason why we brought this up. So they decided that the twenty minute red card that they were trialing. They did a trial run in South America. They voted to not implement that. And so first off, what it was, people had this idea that when a red card happens, it automatically decides that the other team's going to win. It takes away from the spectacle of the sport, and it basically is like, hey, you broke the rules, you're going to lose. And they did this trial run, and before we even talk about that, so the idea is, you get a red card, you're out for the whole match. You get a red card in the first minute, you play a man down for 79, right? Yep. Well, on this, you get a red card in the first minute, but the 21st minute, you can sub on a new player. So that player is out, but you are only down a man for one minute. So, Phil, what's your take? How would you feel if it was a 20-minute penalty and then a new player comes on after 20? 
Uh, I don't know. Like, I was really thinking about that a lot. And, like, I can see some pros to it, some cons to it, because, like, they're really trying to, uh, you know, not taint the, um, how would you say it, I guess? They're not trying to, like, you know, diminish the game or whatever, like, you know, not potentially screw the other team over. They want it to be exciting for the fans, so they want to have a full contest, typically, mm -hmm. is what the original idea was for it but you want to get that money's yeah. worth and also too like rugby's a sport where especially for 15s mm -hmm. advertisers aren't the biggest fan of it because it can look slow at times yeah, and there's it's, not really a lot of time for ad space because there's not really breaks <laughs> exactly and yeah. so and it's like if you turn on the channel it's like well this team's gonna win i'm gonna go watch formula one racing on netflix but i don't know i just think I'm just it's, kidding. I would no, no, I totally get that. <laughs> no, I just think it sets, you know, if they would do the 20 minute rule, I think it would set kind of like a bad precedent, though, like where you can make a very dangerous tackle or, you know, pre, you know, potentially do something pretty dangerous where you could put another player in harm's way, you know, and then. But, give their, another... but their idea is, though, if you, Phil V set Tekka, <laughs> close. close. Uh, <laughs> if Philly V makes a really dangerous tackle, you're done for the day. And then you have a discipline hearing. You might be suspended for three months. Yeah. So, like, you might be like, hey, I can still do this. My team's not. I mean, if you're that selfish of a player, mm -hmm. you play that dirty. Yeah. You probably don't want to be suspended for three months, you know. So, I think that was something. And then, so, here's the part that's interesting. Because I agree with you. I think it's an interesting idea. Because, yeah, you want. It's one of those cliche things coaches say, like, we don't want players to get hurt. We want the best versus the best. Mm -hmm. We And it's one of those things. I don't want to play a man down because I want to see if we're really better than that. Yeah. Even though, I mean, if you get an advantage, it's it's gamesmanship, whatever. Mm. Well, get this. In this trial run, when they had Super Rugby games, 60% of the time, the team that got the red card won the game. That's bizarre. So, was, like, well, they, yeah. So they got the red card, but they still won the game. And so it wasn't even that big of a factor, and it wasn't like punishing people, and they didn't mm. really see the outcomes they really wanted. So it's one of those things. How would the Palm Beach games have changed if they got a guy back 20 minutes later? I think they still would have won handedly, but oh, yeah. at least it would have been 15 on 15. Yeah, I, I can definitely see both sides. I just still think personally, like, you know, you get a red card, you're done for the day, and you might have to potentially, well, you shouldn't be playing a man down, I guess, if you're going to be getting a red card. I did see a thing about them talking about, like, a potential, like, orange card, where they would what? use, yeah, so they would use basically that rule where it's, you know, tw you're out for the game, 20 minutes later, somebody else, somebody else can come in. Like, so, changing, like, the colors, which is kind of stupid, I guess, but. I think that would cause more thing. friction for. More confusion. And, and more ref abuse. Like, yeah. oh, you're going to call that an orange, not mm -hmm. a yellow. And the other team's like, that should be a red. And yeah. now you're just like, it's an orange. And then everybody's pissed off yeah. because, you know, when it's like yellow or red, mm. you know, it's like, eh, it could have been worse. Eh, like. But then the whole idea, too, with red cards, I mean, it's not any different than, like, players getting ejected from games. It's the same, yeah. similar concept, except the yeah. way in, like, the NFL and NBA and stuff, they can have another player come on for them. Yeah, exactly. They don't get to play a man down. Yeah, you get you get a flagrant two in the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. Sorry, guys, four on five. Yeah. You're that'd out. Be, that would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually, I would want to see. Actually, interesting rule change. Maybe we'll have to pitch that to the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're doing fine on numbers of fans watching. I think so. You know, so if that rule came into Iowa, would you give it a thumbs up or a thumb down? Mm, 
I don't know. That's hard. I just, as of right now, I'd say thumbs down, but I guess I would have to see it in action in the state of Iowa. Yeah. So, like, I don't, we don't see a whole, we don't see a ton of guys get red cards in Iowa, in my opinion. Well, and I think the idea, too, is for entertainment, you mm-hmm. know, in our league, we're, I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know. It's entertaining for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, if that rule did happen, you could find out about it in the Iowa Rugby Newsletter. That's on the Iowa Rugby Union Facebook page, or they have an email list. It's the Iowa Rugby Report. That's posted every single month. So if you want to see what's happening uh, at all levels, high school, college, club, select side. Like, for example, did you know there's a tournament in June 17th and June 18th called the Blood Fest Sevens Tournament down in Texas? There's going to be a boys select side team that goes, uh, Casey Hansen. And Cope, Brent Wheeler, they're they're leading that. They're taking some of the best talent from the Iowa High School, Iowa Youth Rugby Association, down to Bloodfest. And then, on the girls' side, Kelsey McDowell is taking a group of the Hawkettes. They've won the Lakefront Sevens a billion times. Like, you know what? Let's go south. Let's see what Bloodfest Sevens is all about. And so, what's great is we get to talk to Kelsey, kind of see what that transition was like. How does she pick a squad? What does that mean as a coach? So yeah, if you need news about the Iowa Rugby Union, what's happening? One, you can listen to this podcast. What up? Two, you can read that <laughs> Iowa Rugby Report. Find that on Facebook. Sign up for the email list. And yeah, so I think the only, there's only one thing left to do, Phil. Yeah? What's that? What should we do? Well, we should talk to Kelsey. Yeah. Javi, play the music. Interview time. And we're here with Kelsey McDowell, the head coach of the Iowa State women's rugby team and the founder and head coach of the Iowa Hawkettes, the high school girls select side, and one of the newest members of the Iowa Rugby Hall of Fame. Kelsey, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan and Phil. Can't get over Phil's tracksuit still. You guys can't see it, but it's very bright. I mean, there'll, there'll be some social media stuff more than likely with it, so I guess people can witness it in all its glory, so. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're going to be posting stuff in that, like, yeah, all yeah. over the place, yeah. Rockin' Tiger Chain I might need to well. get, Yeah, I might need to get more than one. Oh, yeah. And so, today we are recording this before Kelsey goes to the CRCs down in NOLA, so... You are listening to this. You already know that Iowa State won the D1 Women's Club National Championship. Kelsey, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was the conference. Um, we kind of got lucky with, <laughs> not lucky, but you and I, you know, always has a strong program. And so they essentially decided to level up to the Premier League with all the varsity teams. And we came in strong with a really young team and we're excited to play club with the other teams that have the same resources as us. Yeah, so looking at like, who you play and pool play. You guys have Kent State. You yep. guys play them a lot. Rematch with Purdue. Yep, Purdue. They're not in our our pool, but they're in the other pool. So we've, we've seen okay. them before. You, you oh. played them in the playoffs, yes. right? In the fall? Yeah, we beat them 64-0 in 15s oh, in the yes. fall. And then you have Indiana. Indiana. And we have um, a couple other teams that are like newer that I haven't really seen mm-hmm. before from the California area. And then oh, Grand God. Valley, who from my college days was definitely like always this rival that we played against out of Michigan. So Oh yeah, they have like the green like little Thunderbolt guy. Yeah, they're the mascot. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're and yeah. they were always super strong. We beat them like with the last second kick from the corner like yeah. to go to Nationals my 
junior year, God, time's going by fast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it's a lot of teams that I've been able to find kind of some film on and yeah. such like that, which is nice, or we've seen before. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's shaping up a couple of unknowns, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, like what are you looking forward to most for your girls, like heading down to NOLA? I mean, it's not often you get to go to a national level tournament. It's going to be broadcasted on TV and streaming and you're in New Orleans. Like, yeah. what's the focus looking like? It's it's Tuesday right now. You're getting ready to travel. How do you get the girls ready to go? And what are you looking forward to? Um, we've just been doing, you know, like a couple practices right now that school's been let out. We have to be pretty flexible. And that's something that I really want to, like, continue on with. Like, I come from a culture with you and I that was very, you know, strict. And this always comes first. And while that's still definitely my mentality at points, um, learning to like be flexible with other people's priorities has been a huge shift for me like as a coach at ISU but the more we work together with my players the more the better it's been and honestly we have the entire roster I think 60% are sophomore or freshmen wow. our starting lineup we have four that are sophomore freshmen two juniors and a senior nice. so it's a super young seven squad and I'm really excited for them to actually just go have the ambiance of a national tournament and seeing how they react under that pressure, too. Wow. So you guys have a pretty young squad, so there's a lot of potential for yes. you know, future tournaments and everything else. Very, and very young squad in 15s, too, which was like, it was really fun to watch them grow game over game over game to, for us to earn our, you know, sweet 16 spot. And then lost to Marquette, who went to the final four um, really strongly just by three points in the last score of the game, which, you know, mm. to me is an experience thing and watching film and... Um, no, now with sevens, just, you know, watching those backline youngsters actually have the space they want to run around in. So did you guys, like, with the women's team, though, or, like, with your girls' team, um, did a lot of them come in, like, already having current rugby knowledge, or uh, were you starting from scratch with a lot of them? Oh, no, I've been actively coaching you and I's next roster, like, <laughs> from the high school league. I mean, half of our Hawkettes, I feel like, went to you and I. A good chunk went to um, Iowa, and then we have two... Uh, girls from from Roosevelt actually that are coming to Iowa State that I'm really pumped about. Whoa, yeah. there it is. There it is. Haley but and Ivy. Haley and Ivy, super pumped for them. But in past years, really Hannah Fultz and Maddie Dunn, and they're both all American athletes that are great. But they've mm. been our most like prominent high school kids. So we're starting to see the benefits, you know, yeah. of that league. But no, huge class coming in for you and I. Yeah, and that's something we were talking about earlier. You know, your history. <clears throat> excuse me. You were coaching at the high school level, Southeast Polk. Mm -hmm. You were the director of the girls' high school league in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And then when you decided to take over at Iowa State and do the Hawkeyes uh, select side program, you moved away from that. Mm -hmm. And we've seen a decrease in the number of teams and the number of girls playing. So I think it's one of those things like we see so many men's teams in college benefiting from the high school league. We're not seeing it as much with the girls just because – there isn't that volume Quantity, of players. For sure. And so you're seeing a lot go to you and I, Iowa, but you're starting to see the tide kind of turn. I mean, you're very visible and present in the high school league still. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something too. Like I know coaching Roosevelt, after one of our tournaments, you showed up with a Iowa State jacket and like, hey, I think you played the best tonight. Here's an Iowa State jacket. Here's a backpack. You showed up tonight and you gave us visors. All the ISU swag to all the coaches just wearing it around oh, yeah. their kids. Get the name visual. Uh, I, mean, I don't have that much Iowa State gear, but it's like, okay, a few more things. I mean, right. being visible, being present, I mean, that means a lot to high school kids. Oh, and, sure. and I do think, you know, with my Roosevelt girls, it is something that 
you know, having Iowa State girls come to practice was mm-hmm. huge. And they could see themselves like, okay, I get along with these girls. I get along with this coach. I could see myself in Ames. Absolutely. And I love that part about it and just being able to go to the different high school programs. And it helps, too, like being the state, you know, high school select coach. I get to go mm-hmm. to the, you, when you guys are open. And, you know, not all coaches always are. I feel like some take it as like, a, oh, you're coming to in here to try and show me how to do it. And that's not the intention at all. It's like, no, I'm trying to get to know your athletes so I can <laughs> recruit them well, for a different I don't program. Care what, I don't care what you do. I want them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do what you want. I need them. <laughs> oh, you're doing a pop pass drill for an hour and a half. Cool. Can I talk to so-and-so for 10 minutes? Like, you know, no, and that's not, I've never actually had that in practice. Which team was that? No, I'm kidding. Should have filled. We did that for forty-five minutes. It was only forty-five. No, no, not at all. <laughs> like not at all. And like I've not, I've had that. I've just had some pushback at points of like, hey, can I come to practice? Like, well, you can come watch, but I'm like, oh no, that's fine. Like whatever yeah. coaches are comfortable with. Like, yeah. I wear a few different hats, so it's yeah. not just me trying to recruit for Iowa State either. It's you know our sevens program with the high school league and now fifteens program that we have that I want getting like Haley and those you know mm-hmm. from Roosevelt and those girls out there that. Man, they were good sevens players, but holy cow, like, holy yeah. cow, holy shit, I can cuss. They told me I could cuss. Oh, you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but holy, go get a little explicit on our Spotify. <laughs> but holy shit, 15s kids, they, yeah. I mean, watching oh, wow. some of those kids play, like Madison Hendricks from Waverly, great sevens player this year, just a sophomore. She got third at state for wrestling mm-hmm. um, in yeah. the 200-pound range, and she just went out there as, like, you know, loose head prop and was decimating people yeah. as a sophomore and got to do the Thunderbird stuff Midwest. And, like, we don't get very many girls that are that athletic at the prop size that can move mm-hmm. like her and are mm-hmm. as physical. And, like, it's just, yeah, it's there's so yeah. many more opportunities. I'm pretty pumped. And a lot of people, like old rugby people, they don't like the sevens game because it's, like, it's for fast people, like 15s is real rugby. But what Iowa offers with their high school athletes who play, you have bigger players who can move with their feet mm-hmm. and they can handle the ball better than anybody else. Like to have yes. a prop who can offload, to have a lock who can, you know, move in space and run like a center. Absolutely. And they think like a center. They think like those open fields. So it, true. it creates a <laughs> faster paced game. And then you don't have to teach a pop pass for 45 minutes. You know, <laughs> that's got to be nice too. No, to quote Julie McCoy, who was the USA women's uh, sevens head coach for forever, mm-hmm. she was watching our games in Arkansas, and Portia, mm-hmm. who played for you at Roosevelt as well, and who is now going to school at Guilford for a scholarship, uh, Portia just and absolutely... She was at Wayne State, and they she just was. Won, she yep. was on Wayne State's team and won a national title. Yep. Ugh. She yep. wins wherever she goes. Yes, she she's that good. But I <laughs> Shout mean, she's out Portia. probably almost six feet tall, just completely mobile, you know, locker type yeah. scenario, and Jules McCoy quoting... There goes Iowa and their God-given corn-fed talent <laughs> over live. Like, as she trucks a couple of small girls and then does a perfect off That's what we were just talking about the other day about all these, like, Iowa people just being big corn-fed, just athletes. Okay, here's the thing. She went to Des Moines East. That's in the top five for enrollment. That's a city school. Like, yeah. that's not a small school. It's not yeah. like... I love how they have the perception like everyone's in a rural town. She was in one of the biggest high schools in the state of <laughs> so Iowa at Des Moines East. This perception of Iowa, though, it's just like, you know, roads and cornfields. Wait, and, you guys have electricity? Uh, yeah. Yeah, right, no, yeah, we got it just recently, like, a couple years ago. Actually, no, this podcast is brought to you by Candlelight. <laughs> That's why there's no video portion. <laughs> it's bad lighting. Bill's in the corner riding a bike to power the whole thing. <laughs> well, we actually we thought about putting our guests on a Peloton because... Originally, Greg uh, showed us a picture of like, oh, this is what the setup is. 
It was so funny. You just had a Peloton in the corner with like a TV. They're like, we're going to make our guests ride the Peloton? <laughs> and then I'm playing PS2. Oh my God. That's so true. The PS2. Is there more than that now? Yeah, oh, so I'm just kidding. It's like, wow. Behind on the times. Uh, no, so... You know, it's really exciting to see, like, your career uh, in rugby. You know, you started at UNI, right? Yep, I played at UNI. How did you get involved first with that? Um, essentially, I was doing kind of an intramural thing, and my <laughs> and my coach at the time was there. It was for flag football, and uh, one of the girls had, like, kind of done a cheap shot, and I full-on just laid her out the next mm-hmm. time. And in high school, I was known to do that in, like, the powder puff stuff. And yeah. Steve came out, and he's like, hey, uh, have you ever thought about this? I'm like, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. That sounds fun. And then you play for UNI, a team that competed in nationals yep. multiple times. And then you help coach at Southeast Polk, winning state titles, creating programs, boys and girls. Uh, then you... <laughs> Go to Iowa State, you're getting them on the national level. Simpson before that. And Simpson, Simpson too. Yeah, I was yeah. at Simpson before Iowa State for five years, and the lowest we ever finished at nationals was fourth place. Yeah. So, yeah, not too bad. Like, Simpson, then uh, Simpson was fizzling, and I could tell they were mm-hmm. going to discontinue the program. They essentially warned me ahead of time they weren't going to mm-hmm. keep having that club there. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Iowa State's coach, Mark, had stepped down, and he was a great guy, and I kn- knew they needed someone, and kind of yeah. reached out mm-hmm. and was like, hey, what's, what's going on? I'm looking mm-hmm. for somewhere, too. And then you have Iowa State at a high level, and yep. then the Hawkeads, the high school select side, uh, record 43, 40, 43. 43 and 3. Yep, over yeah. the last six years. So, I mean, everywhere everywhere you've gone, you know, you're, you're Success, winning, yeah. and players are going on to higher levels after they work with you. And with that, to give you the credit, you know, other people are taking notice of that. You're in this year's Hall of Fame class for the Iowa Rugby Union. Crazy. How is that? I mean, how, like, I know. <laughs> I was there for that. That was pretty cool. I know you're not supposed to ask a lady this, <laughs> but how young are you? How young am I? Yeah. Well, contrary to popular belief, I am not 26 years old. I am actually 32. So I have an extra. <laughs> I want to be a <laughs> I love how you told Phil when you came in before we did this bit that you were 26. He was like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, yeah, no, we went to college together. <laughs> I'm just, oh. <laughs> I was in college for 12 years, Phil. <laughs> That's believable. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a doctor. Uh, no. Got the PhD. Uh, I loved your, uh, so like, cause I was, you know, at all Iowa for your little inductee yeah. deal. And uh, I love Meg Flynn's story of first meeting you. Oh, no. <laughs> can, you re- can you repeat it? Is it, because I wasn't yeah. there. It I can. Was, it was pretty funny. I can. So I'm usually a very punctual person, minus today when I'm like, by the way, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Um, <laughs> but very punctual, and my coach knew that at the time, Steve Murrah. So Megan had reached out with interest, essentially, about the mm-hmm. about coming. And Steve's like, all right, listen, this girl, Kelsey, she's going to pick you up here at this mocker union this time. Don't be late. Be 20 minutes early. And <laughs> Megan, like, showed up 20 minutes early. And I don't remember what the reason was. that. I think I had to pick up a clothing order for the team, to be honest. Uh-huh. Megan, okay. hey, you know what? Phil, let me have it. No, but so Megan's waiting, and ten minutes goes by when we were supposed to meet, and she's like, "I guess I wasn't early enough." And she started to like walk out, and I knew what she was wearing. I just saw her start to walk out. I peel in, probably on two wheels, <laughs> like have the window down, like we're late. Get in. <laughs> so that was that was Megan's intro to our world a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's a. 
That's a pretty good It was intro. fun. And she's one of my best friends now. It's crazy. Like, you look back to that, you know, mm-hmm. that really crystal memory of, like, when you met someone oh, to yeah. now that, you know. I'll never forget my first rugby practice ever. Because <laughs> we went to the wrong location. It was me, John Schwarty, Mark Langenfield, and Ryan Brown. <laughs> and then we had a run to practice, and we were, like, 20 minutes late. Where did you go? We went to the intramural fields. And we were all, we all went on foot. And we were all standing there, and we were just looking around, like, I don't see anybody here. And, like, I think it was John was pulling out his phone, looking, and he's like, it's not here. And he's like, it's over by uh, the mills, when it used to be the mills. <laughs> yep. So we're just running down the road trying to get the practice. Oh, here's your first problem. John Shorty can't read. No, and I think to get back to the story with Flanagan, what I think is really cool you two played it, you and I together, yeah. and now you're coaching against each other in the same conference, but you are also coaching together for high school select side. Yeah. Like, you work together, you work against each other, it's a friendship, it's... A rivalry, a, it's, it's all of it. All yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's a very unique, like, friendship competition, like, what's that like? going through the ranks and going through all these different phases together but also both of you are at a very high level like what's that yeah. respect look like i mean honestly like megan and i like whatever, whatever describe megan and my relationship it's like we're definitely like siblings mm-hmm. we have a lot of love hate moments and when i say that like megan and i've had conversations before like why are we fighting each other on this when we're like two of the only women in the state like actively trying <laughs> yeah. to improve the sport right now and i mean that's just a matter of maturing and stuff but like we definitely both celebrate, like, when they beat Wayne at the regionals. We had come in third after losing to Wayne, but, like, they had beat them. First time Wayne had lost, like, in three years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, my first instinct, I ran out of the field and gave her a hug. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. we revel in each other's success, but mm-hmm. when we, we kind of dread playing against each other, mm-hmm. and we found that our players start, have been starting to do that, too, because... They feed off your energy. Yeah, and they also, like, they play together on the LAU team, the collegiate right, right, right. select uh, side. Yeah. So, like, they all know each other, and, like, from me and Megan's bond, they have a bond, too, of, like... You know, we're close, and that was something we didn't have when I was in college with the Iowa State women. Like, yeah. when I was in college, you and I and Iowa State women did not get along right. at all, um, for the most part. And uh, that's no secret that I'm like, sharing right now, but watching <laughs> our kids, like, kind of, I say our kids, but they're bonding. and they're practically your kids. Again, yeah, right? <laughs> but reveling in each other's success, you know, supporting each other when we're having a hard time, and when we play each other, it's all right. We have 24 hours to discuss this and have bragging rights. And if you mm-hmm. bring it up again, we're going to have problems. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we'll give it, to, like, here's the limit. Uh, statue yep. of limitations is very short. Like, yep. we got to just move on. But yeah. We have to support each other. Like, there aren't, oh, yeah. there aren't that many women doing, you know, in this, involved as we are in the sport. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do that, like, why? Why fight each other yeah. on anything? Well, and that's, and I think that's really cool that you say that because... It is one of those things like rugby can be a sport that people look at that it's like, oh, it's tough, it's physical, it's it's manly, but it it's not. It mm-hmm. It's a sport where a lot of women have a lot of positive stories, a lot of yeah. success, and it's like that culture of rugby, we need to build each other up, mm-hmm. men, women, everything. And the worst thing that could happen is you're two great pioneers for women's rugby in Iowa. The worst thing that could happen is tearing each other down. You know, yep. you build each other up and it's like, like you said earlier in this interview, it's like, you know, I coached all these girls in the Hawkettes. I'm bummed they're going to you and I for me as an Iowa State coach, but I'm happy for my friend Megan. Yep. And then and the girls, like they're still the playing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want them to keep. And yeah. that's something. You know, Megan comes to the Hawkett tryouts, and she's mm-hmm. one of our selection coaches. And the thing we both preach is, we don't care where you want to play. It needs to be where your future is going. But we mm-hmm. want you to keep playing. We need yeah. you to keep playing. 
because both of us want to retire someday and not be coaching six teams a year. Okay. Yeah. Like, women, come on. <laughs> like, we need you. I know that's something, too. Like, so I've coached Roosevelt for the last few years, mm-hmm. and we've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of success. And it's one of those things where Jeremy Newman and I, we love what we do, but we also know, like, man, it would be really, really cool. To, we had Emily Dearden, mm-hmm. one of your former oh, players that I would say. Love Dearden and Hockett. Yeah. Both. Oh, yeah. Shout out Emily out in Colorado, <laughs> living the dream. And we realized, too, like, as two male coaches of a high school girls team, you need that female representation. And not only that, like, just communication. Sometimes when we would explain something, it would come off as goofy or weird or just... It, it, they can't you, wrap their hand around it. Yeah, you yeah. need you need to hear it from someone that looks like you, sounds like you, plays like you. Went you know, through it. Went did, through it. Did the high school, did the college, all yep. of it. Yeah, and so, as a female, yeah. Exactly. And so we... We're excited. We're we're handing off those coaching duties to the Des Moines Nemesis. There's yes. a few women that are taking over there. They're taking over at Valley. Yep. We need more female coaches. Yep. And it's not just because, like, put a female there for the sake of putting a female there. No. It's, no, we, we need those connections. We need it's, to learn from people that are in our shoes. It's young women be able, being able to see other women in charge mm-hmm. or in power and not just this, like, for me growing up, I had almost all male coaches the whole time. And guess mm-hmm. what? They were they were phenomenal. Yep. I like yeah. I loved them. They were amazing. They dedicated their time. Mm-hmm. But there's something about seeing like another woman as your head coach. Like mm-hmm. even for me in the Hawkeyes, like I'm the head coach, Joe, you know, like so for 15s, you know, we had myself, Joe White, who was our strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. John Cullen came mm-hmm. in and helped with the select. But then Mallory Hammett and Diana Lichty came in as the developmental coaches. And seeing women, especially like with assistant male coaches, and I'm not trying to like go on this huge feminist push by any no, means, no, but you're good. the fact is, like, they Put have Phil the in his place. No, go sit in the damn corner. No, I'm just sorry, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's so it's empowering to see that. I feel like, and I mean, um, Mal and D, like, they're the future of coaching. I feel like with some of this high level, and <laughs> they were phenomenal with the high school developmental side. I was it's super they, stoked. They are the future of Roosevelt girls rugby. Yes, <laughs> they are the two yeah. coaches who are going to be at Roosevelt. So and they're phenomenal. And then I know Mal's partner, um, mm-hmm. Megan, she's taking over Valley. So yep. we're getting yeah. more female like representation yep. in there. And I think I mean it's it's just great for them to yeah. see. Like, and, oh. and it's one of those things too, where like when I would try to relate to a player. It came off as kind of douchey, like, oh, look at me, I'm a guy, I played in this match. It's like, they will never play in that match because that's a different competition. Yeah. It's hard to relate. It's hard to be like, eh. like, we had great relationships. Like, I'm super proud of, like, the girls we sent to college. We had oh, success. Sure. But at the same time, like, boy, it's easier to buy in when you have that connection. Mm-hmm. Like, we connected, but, like, they connected with Dearden on a different level because... Mm-hmm. She played in the league. She did it. She can be like, I feel you. I understand. Or me and Jeremy are like, we're trying to understand. (laughs) We're going to do the best we can and give you everything we have, but I don't know why you're upset. Like, I don't get what's happening right now. Oh, my God. That reminds me of one of the funniest (laughs) stories. So when I started at Southeast Polk, uh, Brent Wheeler came and was, like, helping me kind of get off the ground, like, mentoring me and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we had a player who... Like, literally fell on the ground and somehow got stung by a bee in between her thigh and butt cheek, right? Oh. And the bee was just still in there. And, like, she went up to Brent. She's like, help me! Help me! Brent throws his hands in the air. He's like, Kelsey! Kelsey! Just hands in the air. Like, nope. And she's... But, like, certain things just like that, too, you know? Like, it's... it's I'm trying to keep my job I'm here. Like, can't lose my teaching license over I a bumblebee. I don't need a parent <laughs> driving by and me trying to pick a stinger out of a girl's butt. It doesn't work that way. And this poor girl's bawling. 
It was honestly like I, I your was, coat just in my hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like literally hands straight in the air. Like he's about to get called for an obstruction yeah. penalty. Like, like he's like, offsides. Nope. Like nope, I'm, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm retreating. I'm retreating. <laughs> Running towards me. But it's just kind of that stuff, too. You know, everyone's got to protect themselves, and it's just, you know, having that yeah. female presence there, like a Dearden, and, and she was phenomenal, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope she keeps sometimes picking up coaching. Even in Colorado, there's a lot of yeah. opportunities down there. Oh, yeah. So. And that's what Jeremy and I always told her, and we're just like, hey, I mean, if you ever want to come back to Iowa, like... Mal and Dee will be yeah. a great pickup, though. I'm oh, excited yeah. for Roosevelt. No, I'm, really am. I'm super excited. And then at Valley, too, like, they've already... Oh, and Megan, yep. She's right. going hard at the state tournament. She was getting names, like... She's got oh, 20 girls already signed up. I know. I that's know. impressive. Like, I know. She was putting in the work right off the bat to help get recruiting yeah. going. Like, and she had messaged me about a couple things, like, with even just seeing... So it's crazy, the bullying stuff that's going on now, like, in just in high school age in general. Mm. I'm like, hey, you gotta just, you know, right now, what set your expectations. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, like, when you come into coaching, you have all these ideas of, like, oh, I have this game plan, we're gonna do this for practice, mm. that... But there's also this admin part of it that people yes. don't warn you about that takes yeah. a lot of time and mm-hmm. effort. And that's something we actually talk about with uh, Ridgeway mm-hmm. is he is like overseeing rugby operations at Valley where he's going to take over the admin part. He's going to talk to the faculty mm-hmm. coordinator. He's going to set up tournaments. He's going to handle the money. He's going to handle all the BS so the coaches can focus on creating good relationships Amazing. with the kids, and then the coaches can coach, you know? And so I think, man, if you can have, like, a tiered level of, like, people, and I hope to do that for Roosevelt. For That's sure. my plan because I'm in DMPS. Like, I want to do that for them to just, hey, coaches coach. But I think a lot of coaches, they find that success where, especially in Iowa High School Rugby, creating relationships with kids over being, like, I am the greatest X's and O's person of all time. Yep. Like, what's your experience with that? Like, how has coaching evolved from you from the first year to now? Like, how would you say you've grown as a coach? What does that look like? Um, I mean, like, growing as a coach, I would say just noticing the small things that matter, like, in play, but also relationship-wise. I can tell you my first Southeast Polk team that we won the first state title ever for the girls, right? Like, Cicely Hogan, Carly, like, they played for me at college at Simpson, and, like, Mm -hmm. Cicely has two kids now. Like, they're... Mm -hmm. There's this bond that you grow, and you keep doing it, and it never gets really easier, though, I'll say, when they leave, which sounds super weird, and maybe mm-hmm. it's a me thing, but, like, Hannah Fultz graduating this year from Iowa State. Yeah. So yeah. she, I've coached her since her sophomore year of high school on the mm-hmm. Hawkettes all the way through her time at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I've been in her life for eight years. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's crazy that she's going to be, like, off on her own now, and, you know, like, seeing the empowerment for these girls, they get to figure it out in high school where I didn't figure it out till college. Mm-hmm. It's a huge thing. So where I've grown as a coach is just honestly, like, I guess, for example, my my ISU girls, like, when they have a major, like, Cash, who's our president, she's a kinesiology major. She's been doing all of her strength and conditioning, so she can put that on her resume. Like, how can we set up these, like, obviously want them to keep playing and rugby's a thing, but how do we set them up for just success mm-hmm. in general? Mm-hmm. And I think when I first started coaching, it was very more egotistical for me of, like, oh, we got to win the games. i got to post all my results online. Look how good <laughs> I did. This is great. But it's kind of more about the like the kids and their goals and how can mm-hmm. we set them up to be like the next generation of like giving back to the sport. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. paying it forward, creating yes. that tree of like <clears throat> you're making lifelong rugby family. Yes, it's not just hey, we beat the other yeah, team. Exactly. Take that, Kent State. No, that's really cool. Because I mean, like I saw like a quote, something along the lines of like you know it doesn't really matter if you like won a championship. Like are those kids coming back the mm-hmm. next year? Are they you know 
doing something, you know, you know, beyond that program and stuff, you know, or like, it's kind of cool to see like, you know, a lot of like, you know, some people from rugby program stuff like after college that they continue it on. Like that means their coach set them up, you know, to not have a terrible experience and never want to do it again. So it's really cool to no see. No burnout. Yeah. Like, mm. Minimize the burnout type of a thing. Like yeah. Mal and Diana, Mal played at Iowa State and Diana yeah. played at Simpson and like them just coming back now and wanting to give back and, you know, like my dad passed away a few months ago and I had to take a complete step back from all these things and be a shock for a lot of people, but I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to my programs and having to step back and just trust. <laughs> you know, right? What? what? <laughs> yeah, you can't see my eyes. I was like, no. no. <laughs> being able to be confident stepping back and knowing people are step up into it, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, it was, it was awesome and it gives me a lot more confidence yeah. to do it going forward. Too. Well, that's how you know you're doing it right. Like you're doing it to the point of like, if I had to step away, mm-hmm. have I prepared the next generation? Have I prepared the next in line to like, they know what to do. Yeah. You know, they know what the system, the structure, and not just on the field, but in life. Mm-hmm. How do you treat another rugby player, a, a person, you know? Yeah. Are they going to treat the, the players with respect? Are they going to make sure things are oh, yeah. in line? Are we going to keep the same values in line? And you you can see that in, in like a very yeah. difficult time. And that's what's cool too, like... They stepped up when you needed it most. And I think that, that yeah, that connection, I think the proudest That's, thing for coaching yes. that I've seen, like for me, is like keeping track of not the wins, but the, the how many kids are going to the next level, exactly. how many kids are staying with it. And I think that's exactly. something that we're seeing more and more of with, there's so many more varsity programs too. Oh, they're coming out of the woodwork now. Which is like, <clears throat> it's exciting, honestly. Like all this yeah. brand new first year Aquinas, Guilford, like, mm-hmm. you know, D2, but, but yeah. still NC, you know, not yeah. NC Naira. Just, but what was the other one? Just Navy? Just Navy just Navy got just, yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. And they just barely lost to Davenport, which is crazy. So Navy yeah. as a club lost to Davenport, who is a varsity program by like two points yeah. in the national championship last year for USA Rugby, or last wow. year, last week. Yeah. For USA Rugby. Yeah. That's amazing. The opportunities are growing for everyone. And I think they're seeing, I don't know, I just love like too also that being a middle school teacher, I work with a lot of girls who they crave a contact sport. Yes. And like Mm -hmm. the fact that for decades, for centuries, it's like, no, that's not ladylike. And it's like, oh, it's no. so true. Girls want to wrestle. That. Girls want to tackle. <laughs> girls want to play rugby. Like, and I just love it because I feel like they're finally like, you know what? Screw everybody's expectations. I'm going to be the toughest rugby player. I'm going to be a state champion wrestler. Yeah. I am going to go out there. And what's that been like for girls like that are coming to Iowa State now or coming to the Hawkeyes? Like, are you starting to see a shift in? Not being like, oh, I have to act one way, but I play another way. Yes. Like, what is that? It's and even to your point, it's not even just like the shift, but we're getting like so like Izzy Erickson, for example, she was our scrum half like in fifteens. She uh, was a state wrestler in Kansas, and it was there before we had that in Iowa. And it's becoming more of a, you know, it's not the stigma of girls doing contact sport is not the same as it was when I was even in college, let alone high school. Like I wanted to do, you know. I would have loved to kept playing football. Yeah, I'll take that. Don't worry, guys. Well, back to your previously scheduled programming. Um, <laughs> but we're not, we're not passing out drinks here. No, no, this is water. Oh man, that's all that was left was the white cloth. <laughs> <laughs> There's some highlights down there. Yeah, I might have to snag myself a highlight. Yeah, from yeah, from Central City Liquors. <laughs> we'll continue. On. I'll, I'll grab it. <laughs> but the stigma has definitely shifted to being like, if you look at these like like body positive like image too that's mm. going around mm. now with high school kids it's i'm strong like in like whatever 
if you ask any kid that's ever played for me, if they're soft-spoken or anything, like, if you're a strong, independent woman, what are you saying? Say it loud and proud, and if it's wrong, we'll discuss, and that's okay. But I need to be able to hear what you're thinking because mm -hmm. I can teach basic skills. I cannot teach your confidence. You have to develop that on your own. So I feel like those opportunities are really coming in strong right mm -hmm. now. For the high school at the high school level that I'm very jealous about like as someone who's in their 30s not 26 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all right and that's part Perfect. one of our interview with Kelsey join us on Friday for part two Javier Sanchez play the music damn it That was our first part of the interview with Kelsey McDowell. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I'm excited for everybody to hear the next part. I know. She gets into her goals for Iowa State, for the Hawkettes, how she sees the high school girls division growing, all sorts of things, some fun stories. We share some laughs. We share some serious moments. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us on this adventure. We're learning we're growing. Javi is at least three inches taller since the last time we met. I wish. <laughs> Have you heard that one song by that one guy who's like, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a baseball bat and a rabbit out of a hat. No. Do you know that song? Yes. I've heard it. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyways, Javi's growing. He's taller. <laughs> Phil and I, we're growing as podcasters. We hope you're having fun. Thank you for joining us. We will see you on Thursday. Phil, say something funny. Something funny? Damn it. Say a joke. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll Hobby. Come for next time, I promise. No, he won't. <laughs> Hobby, play the music. <laughs>